Welcome to WFUV's What's What. It's Monday, July 18th. What's What is a daily podcast that explores current events, culture, news, and hot topic issues in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. And includes features and interviews exclusively from WFUV. I'm David Escobar. And I'm Madison Colombo. Here are today's headlines. Last night was especially violent in New York City. That's right. Overnight, at least 12 people were shot and one person is dead. Over the last few weeks, the city has experienced a resurgence of gun violence. The NYPD says on average, four people are shot a day. Mayor Eric Adams has made reducing gun crime a priority with his new gun violence task force. By the time a person picks up a gun, we've already failed. We've already failed. And I've said this over and over again, there are many rivers that feed the sea of violence. And it's time to dam every river, not just one with law enforcement. Damming every river is what we're going to do. New York isn't the only place suffering from this problem. There was another mass shooting last night. Three people were killed at a mall in Greenwood, Indiana. The shooter was eventually taken down after a legally armed citizen fired a weapon. In the wake of other major mass shootings, the gunmen involved in both the Parkland and Buffalo massacres had their day in court today. The Parkland shooter began his trial and could face the death penalty. The Buffalo shooter pled not guilty this morning. He was charged with killing 10 people in a racially motivated attack at a supermarket in May. Back in New York, the health commissioner says the city's got two pandemics to deal with. Monkeypox cases in the city have been doubling every five days, and the vaccine rollout hasn't exactly been smooth. Yeah, Madison, there's been a pretty low supply of vaccines, and testing has been slower than expected. There's also been some scheduling hiccups that crashed the city's website. But over the weekend, three new clinics opened up around the city, and thousands were able to get the shot. Even with those vaccinations, New York City accounts for a quarter of cases in the country. So City Council Speaker Adrienne Adams is hosting a monkeypox town hall today at 4. She's going to address how the city is ramping up its efforts to curb cases. You can visit health.ny.gov for more information about monkeypox. Moving away from public health, Restaurant Week has returned for its 30th year, and it's every foodie's favorite time in the city. 600 restaurants in 80 neighborhoods are going to be offering discounted meals, so New Yorkers are sure to eat well this month. Mayor Adams and other city officials are kicking off the event at a restaurant in Brooklyn. The service industry took a hard hit during the pandemic, so restaurants are getting a much-needed boost. While it's called Restaurant Week, the event has been such a success in the past that it now stretches for over a month, and this year it'll go to August 21st. One of New York City's most iconic rap groups is being immortalized with a street sign. The Beastie Boys will now have their own cross street. It's going to be called Beastie Boys Square. You'll be able to find it at the corner of Ludlow and Rivington on the Lower East Side. That's where the cover of the group's album, Paul's Boutique, was shot in 1989. The city council previously struck down the change back in 2014, but fans pushed for the move, and this week all their hard work paid off. The new measure adds to the city's collection of music artists honored by street signs, like Brooklyn's Christopher Wallace Way and the Wu-Tang District in Staten Island. Since the pandemic began, Americans have been more open about discussing anti-Asian racism. Filmmaker and writer Curtis Chin has been shining a light on this issue for years. WFUV's Abby Delk spoke with Chin about his film, Vincent Hu, that tells the story of a Chinese-American man's murder in Detroit. It helped spark the movement for Asian-American civil rights. Your film, Vincent Hu, captures the aftermath of the murder of a Chinese-American man in Detroit in the early 80s. Can you explain why you chose that title? 
Um, the title of the film is called Vincent Who, and we chose it because as we were uh, filming, trying to find out the legacy of this case, we started asking people, hey, do you have a memory of it? Would you like to share it? The overwhelming answer we got was, who's Vincent? Vincent who? And to us, it was just shocking, partly because I grew up in Detroit, where this case was literally wall-to-wall -wall coverage. And um, I guess it was an eye-opener that maybe people didn't know about this case as much as we did, you know, back in Michigan. Have you found that since 2020 in the pandemic that there's been an increased interest in your work? Well, particularly with that film, um, Vincent Hu, yeah. I mean, so Vincent Hu, I've made over a decade ago, and I have screened that film personally at over 500 schools in, I think, over a dozen countries. But yeah, with the uh, rise in hate crimes, I was inundated with, um, you know, schools asking to rescreen the film, and that's what I've been doing. Has your own perspective on racism and violence towards the Asian and Asian American community changed at all since you've released the film in 2009, especially in light of the spike in hate crimes in 2020 and 2021? Keep in mind that when our film was released, right after Barack Obama had been elected president, it was interesting because when I first started touring around with the film, I would get questions from students who would say, why do you need to make a film about Asian Americans or anti-Asian hate? We just elected our first Black president as if racism didn't exist in America anymore. <laughs> Sometimes I had to justify why this mattered. Now, flash forward to now, after a different type of presidency, I, I feel like because I've always known that racism exists and can be quite violent, um, including the loss of life, I'm, I'm glad that this is coming out and that people are aware of this stuff because it's not like this stuff didn't exist. And even when Barack Obama was elected, it didn't mean that it went away. It just, you know, hid a little bit better, you know, and now it's coming out in the open. We can actually address these issues and maybe finally have sincere, uh, real progress. What can you tell me about the book that you're working on right now? So my memoir is called Everything I Learned. I learned in a Chinese restaurant and it's basically about growing up in Detroit and being Asian in a very black and white world, you know, where literally like, like, I think four people I knew were murdered by the time I was 17 years old. Um, and the city was burning down, you know, with arson left and right. Um, and at the same time, having to come out in my working class immigrant family, you know, so it's a, it's a really hodgepodge of, of stuff, you know, uh, about the car industry, about Motown music, you know, and about being a Republican. I was a Republican back then because of the whole Reagan revolution. And so it's a, sort of about my evolution in terms of my political thinking, my cultural identity. So it's eight stories in middle school, eight stories in high school, and eight stories in college. And the book is slated to come out in fall of 2023. So I've got, I've got basically four months to write it. Listeners can learn more about Chin's work by visiting curtisfromdetroit.com. Now we turn to WFUV's Miles Grossman with sports. So, Miles, what's going on in baseball? Major League Baseball's All-Star Weekend rages on tonight from Los Angeles. It'll be the home run derby from Dodger Stadium where the Mets' Pete Alonso will go for the three-peat. The polar bear is certainly the favorite this evening, coming off two home run derby crowns in the last two years, as well as the longest in-game home run of the 2022 season at 489 feet. And then tomorrow evening will be the climax of the weekend with the 2022 MLB All-Star Game.
So the NBA Summer League wrapped up yesterday. I know the Knicks were in the running for the title, but how'd that play out, Miles? Well, it didn't pan out like the Knicks would have hoped. The Portland Trailblazers won the title, besting the Knicks 85-77. The Knicks had a solid summer, but in the end, the Blazers' duo of Brandon Williams and Trendon Watford was too much for the young core of New York. While their Summer League title won't mean much come October, the Portland Trailblazers have been outside the playoff picture for a number of years now, and their Summer League success certainly bodes well for the future of their young core. Now, Miles, do you have anything for us from the British Open this weekend? Yeah, Madison. Cam Smith secured the 150th Open Championship yesterday from St. Andrews, Scotland. The 28-year-old Aussie beat out four-time major winner Rory McIlroy and Cameron Young. Champion Cam Smith posted a whopping eight under par on Sunday to secure the championship by a single stroke. That'll do it for Headlines in Sports. With WFUV Sports, I'm Miles Grossman. Thanks, Miles. Every Monday, we give you the FUV Sports Spotlight. This week, WFUV's Ryan Gregware talks with former NFL coach Keenan Lowe about his new book, Hometown Victory. And as you mentioned, Keenan, you know, encapsulating a lot of this in this book, and I, I want to try to put some of what you just mentioned in perspective here, as you mentioned, we're a New York audience who might not know the name Park Rose for one reason or another. As you mentioned, you know, taking over that football team that had lost 23 games in a row. And it was really, I think the thing that stuck out to me reading this was not just about the on the field improvement, right? You turned around a program and had a successful season, a playoff appearance, some really incredible things. But you also talked about really just changing the students' lives and people that have hardships that a lot of us really have a hard time understanding. So I would love to hear more about just what you tried to teach the kids at Park Rose and what you in turn learned from them and what was so unique about that school and, and your time there. Yeah, I think life is all about perspective. And uh, some of us right now sitting and some of us are older and, and we don't really necessarily know exactly what the students uh, in these high schools go through. And I have the unique uh, position in, in the school and a unique seat as as a head coach of the football program and track program, and I work security in the school. So my time at Park Rose, I really got to live with these kids day in and day out and really understand what they're going through. Some kids were homeless. Some kids had anger issues. Some kids had to babysit their little brother while they had football practice. You know, there's there's a lot of things that these kids go through. And, uh, you know, I had that unique uh, seat uh, to be able to live and experience that. And through that, I, I, I was able to, to learn so much from them. You know, all of a sudden, my problems that I've had in my life were very insignificant because I saw a young man battling certain things that I'd never even thought about. So that's, that's what I think this book is awesome because um, it gives a perspective. It's, it's for, it's for the, the eighth grade student that never has read a book before, but it's also for the sports loving father, but it's also for the educator or the student athlete or, or, or a coach. You know, I think it's a well-rounded story that, that just sheds a lot of perspective on what's happening in high schools. And then it's, it's also, again, sheds a sheds light on something positive. Uh, and that's all I wanted to do with this story in this book is continue to spread some positivity for everybody. And, in the times that we're in now and, and all that, so. That was WFUV's Ryan Gregware talking with Keenan Lowe about his new book, Hometown Victory. And that's our show for today. I'm David Escobar. And I'm Madison Colombo. Check back with us tomorrow at 3 o'clock for more news, music, culture, and sports. And tell your friends so they can find WFUV's What's What at WFUVnews.org and wherever you get your podcasts.